Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Hey, everybody. Uh, I am Denise, the host of Playlisted, and I'm super excited because it's been a full-on year since I was releasing uh, podcast episodes on a semi-regular basis, and now I feel like I'm back. I'm ready to dive in a little bit more. Uh, If this is your first time listening to Playlisted, this is the deal. We hang out once every couple weeks, And we build a playlist based on a trope or a theme that we find in music. This is going to be a really good episode to show the diversity of uh, the kind of music that we'll probably listen to a lot of. However, um, when it's just me, like in today's episode, yeah, you'll get a lot of the kind of stuff that I like. In order to kind of make sure that it's not just... Uh, my taste in music that's getting reflected uh, in these episodes. As much as possible, I'm going to have guests on talking about their favorite music uh, around the same theme. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to the season. In celebration of coming back after it's been a while, the theme of this episode is the comeback. As we look at the different songs that we have selected, you'll notice uh, these artists and songwriters are really looking at the idea of comeback from a number of different perspectives. Uh, They use it as a metaphor or as a storytelling, a narrative device. Sometimes they're actually songs that really embody the actual artist's career comeback. For some reason, that song kind of especially reminds us of that moment in time when the artist was able to kind of uh, regain their popularity. So the first song I want to start with is super nostalgic for me uh, as a 90s child, uh, and that is Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. I love the song, so that's kind of a no-brainer for me, but the main reason I wanted to start with this song is because of the way the intro works in the song, and I think it also works for the entire playlist. This long, long intro that just builds and builds and builds, and so you start with just super simple beat and this like kind of really chill piano line, uh, and then you just have one thing enter after another until you finally get this release of Mark just screaming. I can't help imagine just this grand entrance with this song, right? Like you just, uh, I want somebody to just bust down the doors of this gigantic hall the minute Mark starts singing, right? Like it's just this huge moment. However, just never consider this as your wedding entrance song because his return is to the single life. So return of the Mac, return of the flirt, the player, he's back in the game. But it's kind of funny because uh, it is this kind of celebrational song. But if you listen to the lyrics, he's heartbroken, you know? he's He's been crying and his like heart has been ripped out of his chest. And so he's like flipping this thing that is this really negative experience in his life, and but he's flipping it and turning it into just something awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a classic spin, which is partially why I, I really want to start with it. It's such a good kickoff to this comeback playlist. Turn on me 
I don't know about you, but that makes me really want to stay in the 90s. So next up is a song from the year 1990. And uh, this is the no-brainer for this playlisted episode. This was... This is likely the least surprising one, and that is LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out. So first of all, with that line, don't call it a comeback. It's kind of like a hashtag comeback, not comeback, like sorry, not sorry uh, thing going on there. Um, And this is so, it's become iconic really. In hip hop, it's even kind of back referenced. Uh, In order to become a comeback song, people will quote this. So you don't get a whole lot more iconic than that. It is also kind of ironic and it makes sense in the context because this isn't a comeback. Like LL Cool J started his career in 1985 and this is five years later, this is his fourth album. So like if anything, that's actually pretty prolific. So it's not as if he hasn't been making music for a while, Uh, but the thing is people started kind of throwing shade at him um, because his first album, Radio, in 1985 was really successful. Uh, And then his two albums in between these just weren't quite as huge. Um, So yeah, so people started questioning his staying power, which, you know, is really funny looking back at it these years, these many years later, knowing about his not only long successful rap career, but career as an actor, as like the host of the Grammys for a million years in a row. But yeah, so so this is his record of saying like, don't discount me, I'm still here. I'm working hard and I'm not just gonna go away because a couple of my albums didn't sell. And sure enough, this album kind of launched uh, LL Cool J into, I would say, kind of a, a new chapter in his career. I think also the way that that plays into kind of the ego of uh, of rap music really is one of the the things that I personally love about it the most. Um, as somebody who isn't really huge on self promotion, I still can really appreciate when an artist is just like so over the top confident. And uh, and so for me personally, I love this kind of comeback song. Uh, I can throw it on my headphones and kind of like pump myself up to do something that uh, might be scary or vulnerable. And so yeah, so I really like including the song in the in the playlist as a kind of like uh, encouragement, um, kind of pep talk kind of song. Next up is the song on this episode that I'm least familiar with, to be honest. Uh, When I was trying to research and kind of put this playlist together, I was searching for comeback songs, and there are so many out there that even have comeback written right into the title. And yeah, sure enough, like some of them don't work at all. But uh, but I found a few, and this one was one of those that was pretty new to me. And it's from a, a band called Sleigh Bells. It's a duo out of California. The song is called Comeback Kid. Show me what you need. 
be honest, it's probably not a band that I would have found on my own anyway. Um, just because like the style isn't something that I listen to a ton of. They have a really kind of uh, distortion, kind of heavy guitar sound to them. Really loud, a lot of noise. It's really cool stuff, um, but it's not stuff that I'm that I tend to kind of be drawn towards uh, naturally without looking for it specifically. But one of the reasons I ended up really liking this song a lot was how it had a slightly different um, perspective in On The Comeback. So instead of it being kind of like the LL Cool J or even the Mark Morrison where it's announcing their own comeback, uh, in this song, the, the actual song is kind of directed to somebody who hasn't seen a comeback yet and it's meant as an encouragement. Like, you can, you can do this, that kind of sentiment. Like the character that she's singing to, she's telling him that he is the comeback kid, even though he has never actually achieved a comeback. The other thing I especially love about this song is the juxtaposition of the vocals and the instrumentation and how you have this huge, huge sound, but then you have this kind of like very light, wispy, high-pitched female voice singing a really sing-songy melody. Like it almost could be like a kid's song, right? It's like almost playful. And I think that's what makes the song extra interesting to me. Next, we're gonna shift gears a little bit and travel slightly further back in time to listen to a massive 80s rock tune, and that is ACDC's Back in Black. This song is fantastic and exciting, and uh, and I especially love it for this playlist episode because there are like layers to it in terms of the way that it interacts with this idea of a comeback. So similar to LL Cool J, it wasn't as if it was a long time since this band had recorded together. Uh, in fact, I think their previous album was only like a year before, or at least they had been touring that year. Um, but the reason that it's it's definitely a comeback for the band because their lead singer Bon Scott actually died uh, in in February, so just months before they released this album. In that way, it's definitely a comeback. You definitely don't expect a band who's lost their lead singer to continue to record. It's also a comeback in the sense that the band went through that together, this traumatic experience. Then they continue, it only kind of made them stronger as a band and they continue to move forward and um, and stay together. Um, and so I think that that really shows kind of the spirit of comeback. But then on this extra added level, the lyrics are phenomenal. Um, because what they're um, kind of describing is Bon Scott himself coming back from the grave. I mean, there's no way I can't include this song. Like, what is a bigger comeback than a resurrection? But then let's also think about that, because Bon Scott didn't literally rise from the grave. The band, like a month after his death, maybe a couple months after his death, uh, found his replacement in Brian Johnson, had Brian Johnson sing these lyrics so for me anyway, that changes the listening experience to think about this new singer singing from the perspective of their former dead frontman coming back from the grave. 
I think it really kind of enhances the whole experience because it's like these these layers of, of meaning. Plus also if you continue to think about this album as a comeback album for ACDC, uh, and it's Brian Johnson that is all over this album, and he's kind of the new voice of this band, and he really did kind of reinvigorate the sound of ACDC. And so, yeah, so it's interesting, because it, I think the song that most embodies their comeback as a band is in the voice of, or at least in the thematic voice of Bon Scott. So yeah, it's just great. From the oldest song on this playlist to the most recent, this is a song that maybe deals with the idea of comeback in the least kind of direct way. However, it's quite current and I really wanted the excuse to talk about the artist Kesha on this playlist. Um, so for those of you who aren't like super into the radio right now, uh, Kesha has made a, a pretty substantial comeback to the music industry. Um, she was bound kind of by contract to not record any music because she had a, had a contract with a particular producer. And so she was bound to continue to make music with this producer who was also her abuser. Um, so yeah, so a little problematic. Um, and a lot of artists have come out in, in her support, Lady Gaga and Kelly Clarkson, to name a couple. And yeah, it's been this kind of large battle, but ultimately, um, whether you like kind of Kesha's old 120 BPM party anthems or not, she was unable to make music for um, for four years, which is a long time in, a, in an artist's life. And so for her to not be able to kind of explore that, meanwhile also going to court and, uh, and watching Dr. Luke, who psychologically, physically, and sexually assaulted Kesha, you know, be able to basically do whatever he wants in terms of a career. And meanwhile, you know, she's suffering uh, personal trauma, but then on top of it, uh, unable to really work uh, as well. Um, so uh, throughout some of that happening, I felt a lot of uh, sympathy for her. Um, but then recently, this summer, she's released a new album called Rainbow. And I think a lot of people would say that her comeback track is Praying, which is the one that we'll hear on the radio a lot. And it's actually a really beautiful song. And I find it really a mature analysis of where she's kind of ended up. I, I really appreciate it. However, that's not the song that is on this playlisted episode. The song that we're going to talk about is Woman. And uh, there's a pretty obvious reason why it's not on the radio. And that is because censored versions are boring. And Kesha uses the words motherfucker a lot in that song. But I think that's all part of the charm. The one other thing I really want to draw attention to in this song is the horn section. And you might recognize that sound. It's the Dap Kings. Um, so if you've listened to Sharon Jones at all, 
Uh, you know the Dap Kangs well, but also these are the guys that are responsible for all the horn parts on um, Amy Winehouse's classic album, Back to Black. Um, but I think that also adds an experience of comeback. Maybe for me only because uh, recently I watched the film Miss Sharon Jones. Uh, it's a documentary, so in that it's kind of her comeback tour uh, after going through uh, chemo and battling with cancer. Um, but then we've, we watched that film after Sharon Jones has passed away. And so to kind of watch the band in that documentary kind of struggle with figuring out how to continue to work while they also are, you know, a little bit dependent on their lead singer's health. And so to have them on this huge record feels like a little bit, uh, just a tiny bit of a comeback as well. So yeah, so on one hand, I think that we actually are drawn in to this song as a comeback song because of the story, because of what we know of Kesha's life and the challenges that she's faced. We want to celebrate with her all the more. And so I think she does a very good job at making a celebrational anthem that, you know, we're really invited into participating with her. It's not about watching her celebrate her own comeback. It's about inviting us all into experiencing our own personal um, power and triumph. else remember the shout out louds from the mid 2000s i really really got into these guys i don't know what it was but there's something about them that just feels really kind of nostalgic for those like college years At least part of their charm, uh, I think, is even the fact that they are uh, an indie band out of Sweden. And for me, I tend to associate Swedish bands with really bubblegum pop. I think of Max Martin, the producer. Uh, I think of Robin and just a real like dance pop song. And the Shadow Lads are not that. They're just this like cute little indie band, and uh, and I love them. So the song is called "The Comeback." Ultimately, it's pretty sad, because this is another comeback song that is really about a breakup. However, he does put a spin on it, kind of like Return of the Mac, where there's something positive that's coming from this, like he's still, he's calling it a comeback, but instead of kind of a return to the single life, he here he's talking about the person that he is, and it's almost a comeback to himself. What's on your mind in the past three weeks were the saddest weeks in the words you said, oh, the made me weak I'm out of my mind I'm about to crack so let's call it the comeback and so yeah so the way the song structure itself works um, I really like because it kind of goes back and forth between the verses are really kind of sad and pointing out the ways that their relationship you know isn't working and how he doesn't think that this person is good for him but then every chorus brings this silver lining even though I think there's like still a sadness in the counter melody um, there's the silver lining of saying you know what we're gonna focus 
on the good, and that is that we're not meant for each other, and we're going to call this the comeback. Let's call this the comeback. Moving right along, we have another hip-hop song uh, from 1999. Don't confuse that with the album title, which is 2001, from Dr. Dre. And this song is featuring Snoop Dogg. The song is Still Dre. Still Snoop Dogg and D.I. Guess who's back? The reason I mention the album is because uh, I think similar to Kesha's Rainbow or ACDC's Back in Black, uh, this really is a comeback album for Dr. Dre. Uh, before this, Dr. Dre is most known for his 1992 album The Chronic, which is incredibly iconic uh, and um, really is known for establishing this really particular West Coast sound as opposed to the hip-hop that was coming out of New York. This was really West Coast hip-hop. Although he continued to produce other artists, this is his first album under his name since 1992. So 10 years is definitely enough to consider it a comeback. And yeah, and so he's coming out with this album and it's kind of on the forefront of his mind. One of the themes of this album is the fact that not only is he still talented, still important because of the work that he did in the past, but he's also still relevant and has things to say now. And, uh, and so even though I feel like I could have picked a lot of songs from this album that have that kind of feel, there's nothing as clear as the intent on Still Dre. The thing that I find the most brilliant about this album, and this song in particular, is that it sounds really familiar. Like it sounds like it could have been sonically on the chronic. He doesn't show up and try to make new sounding rap music, you know? Like he's not kind of reinventing himself. He uses so many of the same elements. He's even collaborating with the same people. He's really just doing the same thing he was doing, but continuing to do it well and showing that it's it's still a valid way to make hip hop. Where do we go from Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre? I think the only logical choice. The elusive chanteuse herself, Mariah Carey. I feel like the Mariah Carey song that I've chosen for this playlist, I might have to justify the most. However, I don't care, and I'm prepared to do so. This is We Belong Together, and I believe that this song is absolutely a comeback track. And one of the reasons for that is the context. 
of where and who Mariah Carey was in the first half of the Ozies. So this song was released in 2005. And the last thing that we remember from Mariah Carey's career in this moment when the song is on the radio is the movie Glitter. I mean, do you remember Glitter? This is something that very well could have been a career crushing film. And no, like film is way too generous. Uh, but this really like, I don't think we expected Mariah to recover from this. We Belong Together is not just a good pop song that we remember. This song was the closest thing Mariah has to breaking her Billboard record of uh, number of weeks at number one on the Billboard 100. But here's where we get to the fun part. I wanna talk about the lyrical content of this song. There are a number of breakup songs on this playlist, um, and this is the first song that we're seeing the comeback being used as a way of talking about coming back together. Okay, and maybe some of you will disagree with this. I definitely can recognize that this is my own quirky interpretation of this song, but I want to suggest that we listen to it as not simply a relationship song where Mariah uh, is, is wanting to reassemble her relationship with a particular person, but she's actually singing this song to her fan base, who she is alienated with a horrible, horrible movie. She's telling all of us as listeners that she came to depend on us and she never could imagine living her life without us. And now that she's experienced that, she never wants to experience it again because ultimately Mariah the performer belongs with an audience. Tell me you don't hear it, right? Tell me that this isn't a perfectly valid reading of the song or listening. Uh... Unfortunately, we're gonna follow that beautiful song of reconciliation with another breakup song, um, but this is called The Comeback Story from Kings of Leon. Thematically, the song really reminds me of the Shout Out Loud's track, and at one point I was really trying to force myself to choose between the two of them, but then I just couldn't. I really like this song a lot. Here the breakup seems to be because he's recognizing that he's putting all this work into the relationship, and his partner is not doing it the same. Um, and I almost imagine, this isn't the metaphor that he talks about specifically, but I almost imagine it's the kind of comeback where he realizes he's been shooting on his own basket this whole time. Um, the work that he's been putting in 
has been a waste of his time. Or I guess the metaphor that he actually uses and that I love so, so very much is he talks about the fact that he's walked a mile in her shoes, but the only thing that they've gotten from that experience is that he's now a whole mile away from her and he has her shoes. Like the more work he put in and the more he empathized with his partner's situation, the more distance came between them because what use is work in a relationship if only one person is doing it. So I guess in a similar way to the shout out louds, it is a it's a comeback to himself or or realizing that this this isn't worth the effort. And there's this sense of freedom in the song. And I think that sense of freedom is both in the lyrics, uh, but also in the instrumentation itself. There's something that sounds hopeful about it, regardless of whether you understand the words or are listening intently. This song just sounds really, really positive and hopeful. And one of the things that I think it does is that actually the rhythm itself uh, kind of seems to support the lyrical content. So you have like this really straight ahead. Um, there's a there's a kick drum on every single beat, and there's also this really driving constant bass line that just like does not stop. Um, and then you have this one moment where everything kind of shifts, and you have. Uh, the kick and the bass playing together, they play a triplet pattern and then sustain for a minute, or the bass sustains. Uh, and there's just like, it's just enough release where it's not that much of a shift in the rhythm, but it just opens up the space in the song and it feels like freedom. I just have one final song for this episode today, and I just have a couple of really quick things to say about it. The song is called Comeback Kid, uh, in brackets, That's My Dog, and it's by Brett Dunnan. Here we go. Oh, yeah. And I really wanted to end on like a super happy note. And even though Kings of Leon has a good feel to it, uh, it's still pretty sad. Whereas Brett Dennen, this is just like a 100% cheering on the underdog kind of song. And I did really appreciate that idea of um, connecting the comeback with the underdog because often uh, a comeback is from an underdog and we're cheering for them for both of those reasons because we all love a comeback and we all love uh, seeing an underdog succeed and come out on top. I'll also warn you right now that if you're listening to the Spotify uh, version of this actual playlist, for some reason Brett Dunnan's uh, album Loverboy isn't streamable. It's not available on Tidal or Spotify or anything that I can find, um, which is the, the album that this song is on. So, But I'll let it play out at the end of this podcast episode. I also think related to that underdog uh, theme, there's a sense that like because the song is kind of placed within uh, within the race or within the whatever's 
happening that uh, because of kind of where the song situates itself, I kind of feel like regardless of whether there's success, regardless of whether a comeback is actually achieved, this song gives you the sense that you've won because you have people cheering you on. Um, and so there's a real excitement, there's a joy in, in just knowing that. So yeah, so I'm going to play the rest of this track. I hope you really enjoy Brett Dunham's uh, Comeback Kid. And, uh, and the rest of the songs on the playlist, you can access them on Spotify. Uh, there should be a link wherever you caught this podcast. And um, really appreciate you tuning in. I hope wherever you are, you're listening to some great music. Until next time, you've been playlisted. Why was I the last enough? What was I?